Father, we thank you for this beautiful love that you display to us. We hear this challenge that, that we would take that love and share it with others. Father, I, I look to your word this morning and I ask that you would speak to us through your word. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Well, good morning, Covenant family, or perhaps good evening or good afternoon. I'm not sure when you are participating in this worship service, but it is good to be with you. It is good to be singing songs to the Lord together, to be looking to his word, to be praying to our Heavenly Father. It is good to be with you. I want to begin, um, children, actually giving you a, a chance to have a bit of a competition with your parents, if, if children, you are listening. And that is, children, if right now, if you would get your Bible, and if you would turn to 1 John 4, 7 through 11, and I would like for you to see if you can actually get your Bible and turn to that passage before your parents can. All right? Go. All right, hopefully um, you are getting there uh, quickly. That is 1 John 4, verses 7 through 11. Pastor David preached from the first two of those verses, 7 and 8, last week, and we're going to look specifically at verses 9 through 11 this morning. So when we look at those words, we read this. Um, Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, so we ought to love one another. Agape love is, is the kind of love that this passage is talking about. It's not friend love or romantic love or love of family. It's gift love, as, as C.S. Lewis refers to it. David defined this agape love last week in this way. He said, agape love is a way of seeing, choosing, living, and giving for the sake of others that is often costly. So, so let's think about that. It's, it's seeing someone for who they really are, seeing someone for um, outside of what they can do for you. It's choosing to love someone, not based in, in a reciprocal way um, or, or based around a feeling, but a decision unrelated to what that person can or cannot do for you. It's living out love, not just speaking about love. It's sacrificial. That's what agape love is. So our, our purpose this morning, our goal is to be uh, 
thinking about this question, what does it, what will it look like to live out a life of agape love? You know, I had this, this kind of strange illustration come to my mind as I was thinking about um, what it looks like to share love, to share this agape love. And I, I recall um, driving in the car, driving home with two of my three children, and this was years ago when they were far less mature than they are now. Um, so, so in this time, um, they, they're, they're kind of fighting with one another in the back of the car. Again, this was years ago. Um, and they're fighting with one another. They're, they're putting one another down. And, and, and it was really discouraging. It was one put down after another put down after another put down. And, and I interjected and I said, guys, what, what would it be like if if everything that came out of your mouths was building one another up, what would that be like? So in their goofy sense of humor, they got this idea that, that that's just what they would do. So for the rest of the car ride, they had a competition of sorts of only saying good things about each other, and they kept saying better and better things about each other. And it was almost a competition. It was serious, but it was, you know, it was exaggerated. Um, just one after one, one after another, building one another up, saying these beautiful things. And, and the reality is, even they were, they were somewhat joking, it, it was an incredible last three to five minutes of the car ride to hear them lifting each other up in this way. So as I think about, you know, what would it be for, um, for the people to be loving one another and building one another up, you know, my mind is then drawn to, to the triune God, to our, our one God who exists in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I think of how the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they share this one God who is three. He shares perfect agape love between the Father and the Son and the Son and the Spirit and the Father and the Spirit. Perfect agape love within that relationship. So I think in that relationship about, about Jesus looking at the Spirit and the Father and saying, out of love for you, I will go to the earth and, and live and die as an atoning sacrifice. I think of the Holy Spirit saying to the Father and the Son, out of love for you, I will indwell every believer and empower them to do your good work. I think of the Father looking at the Son and the Spirit and saying, out of love for you, I will ordain all things on earth such that your activity will bring new creation victory. I think about this beautiful picture of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, this amazing community of perfect agape love being extended to one another constantly. The persons of the Trinity uplifting one another with this perfect agape love throughout all of eternity. And that triune God, that triune God invites us to share in that perfect agape love. And, and my response is, well, I'm not worthy to share in that. And it's true, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. So let me, let me back up and, and make a true confession. So here it is. Being, being a pretty content person, I can often fall into thinking that I don't have a lot of need for others. I don't have, I don't need a lot from others. 
So I got into a conflict recently, and as I processed my hurt in the midst of this conflict, I realized something. I, I needed, or I, I wanted, I longed for this person to think, of, think well of me in a particular way. And when that didn't happen, that hurt. So as I realized this, I was surprised by my neediness. I am more needy than I realize. This reminds me of this notion that characterizes, I think, many people during the first few years of marriage, perhaps. It's this notion that goes something like this. Why won't my spouse just love me perfectly despite all of my flaws? Hmm. And, you know, what, what I realize is we all actually long for that. We long for agape love. When I, I think back through that definition of agape love, it's, it's a way of seeing. I, I want people to see the good in me. I think of social media, goodness gracious, what, what is, it is so difficult to do anything in social media that is not self-promotion, me trying to put myself out there in such a way that others will think good of me. I, I want people to choose to love me despite my flaws. In my self-consciousness, I actually try to manage others' choices there. I, I try to hide my flaws or, or I minimize my flaws and, and try to highlight the more attractive parts about me. I want people to act like they love me. Not just say they love me, but, but live it out. We want our parents and our spouse, we want our friends to live out their love for us. And then when I think about giving, I, while much of the time I'm, I'm too prideful to say I want people to sacrifice to love me, but the truth is, when, I'm in a re when I really recognize my need in a given moment, I want you to go out of your way to love me. I long for agape love. I long to be loved in that way. So why should someone show this kind of love to me? Well, I mean, because... Because it would really be nice. Uh, I, the reality is we don't merit this kind of love. So we find ourselves in this position of longing for that which we absolutely do not deserve. And that's a rough spot to be in. I long to be loved, but I do not deserve to be loved. So I, our, our kind of our weak default to, to manage that reality is that as I respond to this realization with endless, exhausting efforts to present my best self. Aren't you tired of presenting your best self? 
so as to convince yourself or others that you are worth loving. Our survival instincts tell us that the best way for us to receive this agape love is to coerce people or deceive people into giving it to us. And sometimes we spend so much effort in that pursuit that, that I actually grow blind to the reality that I don't deserve to be loved like this. And then I, I fail to see the, the depth of my need for redemption. And I get lukewarm in my passion for my Redeemer. We're all longing for agape love. And none of us deserve it. Yet, hear these words from John again. This in verse 9, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Do you know that our longing for agape love is actually a hint of our spiritual death? Remember that we have been separated from the agape love of the triune God and that separation from the triune God, that separation that is caused by our sin, it actually puts us in a position of spiritual death. I then realized that when God says he sent his son into the world so that we might live through him, that means his son is making a way for us to get out of our spiritual death into the community of agape love with our heavenly father. That's how we live through him. Verse 10 says, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. In order to know the agape love of God, I need to recognize my need for it, my need for that love, my longing for that love. And then I need to realize that I absolutely do not merit that love. So there's a, a danger here that I see in, in um, uh, pop, what, what pop psychology does. Pop psychology lifts up self-image and self-confidence. And, and, and those things are um, loosely uh, related theologically in, in a surface kind of way um, at best. But at worst, they're just unbiblical. Self-image, if, if the world is telling me to, um, to look at how great I am, to, to see me for this great person I am, if the world is telling me um, that just all of these good things about me, I, I actually, I don't want this great self-image. I want a biblical self-image. I don't want self-confidence in, in how great I am and how all of the things I could do. You could do whatever you set your mind to. I don't want that kind of self-confidence. I want God-confidence. Pop psychology says that, that you're enough. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. But the Bible tells me that I'm not enough. And deep down, I know that it's true. 
I'm in desperate need of a love that I do not deserve. The agape love of God. Think about this with me for a moment. God sees us as his creation. He doesn't focus on the particular mix of good and bad, of strengths and weaknesses that that we have brought or will bring, but he sees his treasured creation. That is you. God chooses before we even existed to extend his agape love to us. His choice to love us is not dependent or, or, or on us deserving it or presenting our best self. This choice has already been made. God's not just saying he loves us. He's spent incalculable time crafting a world that displays his love, revealing a truth that is his love, and saying and playing out uh, in the world the reality of his love. He's not just saying he loves us, he's living it out. Jesus gave everything to, as an atoning sacrifice to share this love with us. We were spiritually dead because of our sin, and Jesus absorbed the consequences of our sin. And then the Holy Spirit breathed spiritual life back into our spiritually dead selves. And this was no small sacrifice on the part of Jesus. It was him giving everything in a profound way as we try to imagine what it would have been like as he's on the cross and he shouts out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in that moment, he, um, this, the son who had experienced for eternity the perfect agape love of the triune God, in that moment, He was utterly separated from that agape love that he had known for all of eternity. And he was utterly separated from that. The pain in that extends past any temporal understanding that we can grasp. That was the Son of God absorbing all of the sin of all of God's people over all of time. God seeing, God choosing, God living, God giving himself in a way that cost him and gives us life. That's what it looks like to live a life of agape love. So John says in verse 11, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And it can be difficult. So so the context in this passage, John is speaking most pointedly about brothers and sisters in Christ loving one another. I think about the difficulty in this, and I, I think the reality is often it's so easy for me to fall into this pattern of extending this exhausting effort to, to receive or deserve or gain agape love from others. And as long as I'm maneuvering for this, this position to deserve or obtain or gain this agape love, then, then I will receive it in limited quantity at best after, an ex, after extending an exhausting amount of effort. 
and it will be therefore a precious commodity that I dare not share because it's a limited quantity that I've fought so hard for. If, however, I can go to the Lord with open hands and, and look at my Heavenly Father and acknowledge that I need this kind of love and I absolutely do not deserve this kind of love, then I will experience it. If, if not in the very moment, then certainly over time, I will experience it in this incredible way as if it's you know to the quantity that is like a fire hydrant pouring in at me. And it's more than I could, could even manage to take in myself. But as I experience his agape love in that kind of way, then, then I will find that, that I always have more to share. Because I'm no longer, no longer pulling from this limited supply of getting it from others, but I'm accessing this limitless supply of receiving it from my Heavenly Father. Brothers and sisters in Christ, since God so loved us, we also ought to agape love one another. So think with me for just a few questions as we close. Do you spend more time trying to get agape love from others or graciously giving agape love to others? Children, are you fighting over who gets the best or the biggest or the first or, or are you sharing your things or are you looking to offer the, the best and the biggest and the first to others out of love? Teens, are you obsessed with your own image or do you offer reminders to others about God's view of them, who they are in Christ? Adults, are we fighting to convince others how right we are or are we giving to show others how loved they are? Agape love is not a maneuvering love that calculates and strategizes for the best possibility or probability of success. Agape love is a costly love. For some who are offered this gift, they receive it and they come to life ready to then freely offer it to others. And for others who are offered this gift, they reject it and search elsewhere while dying to receive it. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another.